باب توريث دور مكة وبيعها وشرائها This is interesting توريث the inheritance of دور مكة of the houses of مكة دور is a plural of دار وبيعها and their sale وشرائها and their purchase Meaning can the houses which are in Mecca be passed on as inheritance? Can they be purchased? Can they be sold? وَأَنَّ النَّاسَ فِي مَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ سَوَاءٌ And that all people in Masjid al-Haram are equal. خَاصَّةً لِقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى Especially because of the statement of Allah the Exalted that إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا وَيَصُدُّونَ عَنْ سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ وَالْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ أَلَّذِي جَعَلْنَاهُ لِلنَّاسِ سَوَاءً That indeed those people who have disbelieved and who stop people from the way of Allah and also stop people from Masjid al-Haram Masjid al-Haram which we have made equal for people meaning all people have a right over it whether they are al-aqifu fihi wal-bad whether they are residents of Mecca or they are visitors وَمَن يُرِدْ فِيهِ بِإِلْحَادٍ بِظُلْمٍ نُذِقْهُ مِنْ عَذَابٍ أَلِيمٍ الْبَادِئَ الطَّارِ مَعْكُوفًا مَحْبُوسًا So basically over here, Mabu Khari brings this ayah over here to prove that all Muslims basically have equal right over al-Masjid al-Haram. Okay? So now the issue is regarding the property, the land or the houses which are in Mecca. So the question is, that the houses in Mecca, can they be owned by people? Can they be purchased? Can they be sold? And can they then be passed on as inheritance? Why is this a question even? Because, I mean, it's understood that any city where people live, if someone goes and buys a house, it belongs to them. Right? They have a right to sell it. They have a right to lease it. They have a right to, you know, gift it. And then when they die, it will be given as inheritance to their children. But this ayah, what does it say? That الَّذِي جَعَلْنَاهُ لِلنَّاسِ سَوَاءً الْعَاكِفُ فِيهِ وَالْبَاد That the resident and the visitor both have equal right over al-Masjid al-Haram. You understand? So if there's a person who resides in Mecca and they say, this is my house, but then a visitor comes and says, okay, this is your house, but I have an equal right to it because all people have equal right over Makkah. You understand? So this is a question. So some scholars were actually of the opinion, based on this ayat, that the houses in Makkah cannot be purchased or sold because the residents and the visitors all have equal right over Makkah. You understand? Other scholars said that no, houses can be bought, they can be purchased because they can be inherited. And if something can be inherited, and the proof of that is coming, if something can be inherited, that means it's your property. Once it's your property, that means that you can do whatever you want with it. Right? You can rent it, you can sell it, you can gift it, etc. Others explained further that owning a house, buying it, selling it is correct. However, renting it or leasing it rather is not correct. Meaning using a property to make money as a business is not correct. And how would that be? That people come and you rent a house to them, for example. So you're making money. You understand? Why did they say that? Because they said that whoever, that everyone has an equal right to it. So they said that whoever has extra houses in Makkah, they must open them up to the pilgrims. 
and they gave their reason that all of Makkah is haram. And Umar radiallahu anhu, when he was a Khalifa, he instructed that there should be no doors on the houses of Makkah. Why? So that the pilgrims can comfortably go in and out and rest wherever. And this was the opinion of many scholars also that you can own a house, you can buy it, you can sell it, but you cannot charge people for staying in your house. This was an opinion. And this has its basis. However, of course, today, there is complete possession, right? Not just of houses, but even of apartments and, you know, hotels. And you do have to pay a lot, a lot, right? And this is also permissible because at the end of the day, if a property can be owned, then Islamically, can you rent it out to someone? Can you charge someone for staying in your property, for using your property? Yes, you can. So all of this is based on uh, this hadith, as we will see. حدثنا أصبغ قال أخبرني ابن وهب عن يونس عن ابن شهاب عن علي بن حسين عن عمر بن عثمان عن عسامة بن زيد رضي الله عنهما أنه قال يا رسول الله. So Usam bin Zaid رضي الله عنه asked the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم that أين تنزل في دارك بمكة? Where are you going to stay in Mecca? That we're going in Mecca after such a long time. Where are you going to stay? Which house? فقال so the Prophet ﷺ said, وَهَلْ تَرَكَ عَقِيلٌ مِنْ رِبَاعٍ أَوْ دُورٍ Did Aqil even leave any property or house? Meaning he took all of it. وَكَانَ عَقِيلٌ And Aqil وَرِثَ أَبَى طَالِبٍ هُوَ وَطَالِبٍ Aqil and Talib both inherited from their father Abu Talib. وَلَمْ يَرِثُ جَعْفَرٌ وَلَا عَلِيٌ And Jafar and Ali did not inherit from their father, Abu Talib. Who is Abu Talib? Uncle of the Prophet ﷺ, right? So Abu Talib had four sons. Who? Aqil, Talib, Ali, and Jafar. Alright? So Ali radiallahu anhu, Jafar radiallahu anhu, both had embraced Islam and they had left Makkah. Jafar radiallahu anhu went where? Abyssinia. Ali radiallahu anhu went to Medina. Right? And Aqil and Talib were in Makkah. They had not embraced Islam. So basically, they took all of the property that their father, Abu Talib, had left. And they deprived who? Everybody else. They took over everything that came from Abu Talib. So this is, you know, this is something that shows that first of all, the property in Makkah can be inherited. You understand? Because Aqil is inheriting everything from who? Aqil and his brother Talib are inheriting from their father. So if a property can be inherited, that means it can be owned. And once you are its owner, you can lease it, you can sell it, you can do whatever you want. Yes, they were non-Muslim, but the inheritance was considered legitimate. So what happened then? وَلَمْ يَرِثُ جَعْفَرٌ وَلَا عَلِيٌ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا شَيْئًا لِأَنَّهُمَا كَانَ مُسْلِمَيْنِ because both of them were Muslims and they had left Makkah anyway. وَكَانَ عَقِيلٌ وَطَالِبٌ كَافِرَيْنِ And Aqil and Talib were both disbelievers. Remember that Aqil later on embraced Islam. Talib did not. He died as a non-Muslim. فَكَانَ عُمَرُ بْنُ الْخَطَّابِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ So Umar bin Khattab رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ يَقُولُ He would say لَا يَرِثُ الْمُؤْمِنُ الْكَافِرِ He would say that a believer does not inherit from a disbeliever because of this. 
قال ابن شہابن وکانو یت اولون قول اللہ تعالی ان ابن شہاب سے تات دے ود انٹرپریٹ دس بیسڈ آن دا سٹیٹمنٹ اف اللہ دت ان الذین امنوا وهاجروا وجاهدوا باموالهم وانفسهم في سبيل الله والذین آوا ونصروا اولئک بعضهم اولیاء بعض ترند دوز پیپل ہو بلیو اینڈ ہو ہیو امیگریٹڈ اینڈ ہو سٹروو ان دا وے اف اللہ وت دیر لائیوز اینڈ دیر پراپرٹیز اینڈ آن دی ادر ہینڈ دوز پیپل ہو ہیلپ دیم ہو سپورٹڈ دیم ہو ٹوک دیم ان دے آر فرینڈز اف ایچ ادر So basically, based on this ayah, they would say that people of the same religion inherit from one another and not of the opposite religions. So Imam Bukhari brings this hadith over here to prove the point that the property in Makkah can be bought, sold, rented. So when you go there and rent something, don't feel bad. And especially when you have to pay, then don't feel bad. In fact, somebody actually told me that the buildings around the Masjid al-Haram are actually, I mean, all the profit that comes from there, all the revenue is actually work for the Masjid al-Haram. So basically, that revenue sort of supports everything else, you know, that's done in Masjid al-Haram. Imagine the maintenance costs, right, of the air conditioning and the water and the washrooms and the cleaning and everything else. So don't feel bad when you have to pay for it, inshallah. Okay, go ahead. Because Masjid al-Haram is considered to be the area of the Haram. Not just the mosque, but the area of the Haram. And definitely this ayah shows us that when it comes to the Masjid itself, that no one has a greater right over it than someone else. So especially when it comes to going and putting your stuff and hoarding an area, that this is for our group or this is for me and my family, that is not fair. Or we cannot remove people that, okay, move from here, I want to pray here. So why? Because everyone has an equal right over the masjid. Above Masjid al-Haram, we learn that is actually the Baytul Ma'mur. Okay, Baytul Ma'mur is the place where the angels visit, all right? 70,000 angels visit every day. And none of them gets to visit again. Because there are so many angels worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Bab nuzuli nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama makkata. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam staying in Makkah. So now you can see all the, the Abu Abdul Imam Bukhari is bringing. First we learned about the muwaqit and the ihram. Then a little bit about entering Makkah. Now the, the virtues of Makkah. Can you rent a place there? And now, when you stay in Mecca, where do you stay? Where did the Prophet ﷺ stay? حدثنا أبو اليمان أخبرنا شعيب عن الزهري قال حدثني أبو سلمة أن أبا هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم حين أراد قدوم مكة أبو هريرة reported that when the Prophet ﷺ intended to arrive in Mecca, meaning he was at the point of entering Mecca, he said, مَنْزِلُنَا غَدًا إِن شَاءَ اللَّهُ بِخَيْفِ بَنِي كِنَانَةَ Our stopping place tomorrow will be, إن شَاءَ اللَّهُ If Allah wills, it will be خَيْف of بَنُو كِنَانَةَ حَيْثُ تَقَاسَمُوا عَلَى الْكُفْرِ Where they took the oath of disbelief. So basically, the Prophet ﷺ said that he was going to stay at خَيْف بَنِي كِنَانَةَ Why this place? He mentioned that this is the place where the people had taken the oath of disbelief. 
What is this oath? This oath is basically when the people came together and they promised each other that they were going to boycott the Banu Hashim, the Banu Talib, basically the tribe of the Prophet wasallam. And it was after this that the boycott began. And remember that Abu Talib basically, you know, took his family and clan and moved to the Sherb Abi Talib. So imagine now, this is the place where they had all come together and they had resolved to, or they had taken oaths that they were going to boycott the Banu Hashim. And now when the Prophet wasallam is coming, he's saying, I'm going to stay over there. Because that place was remembered as the place of you know, it had a really bad feeling attached to it. And now the Prophet ﷺ replaced it with a much better, with a positive anchor. Hmm? And also the Prophet ﷺ said, Insha'Allah. Do you notice that? He said, Insha'Allah. Uh, why say Insha'Allah? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had instructed him in Surah Al-Kahf, right? That, وَلَا تَقُولَنَّ لِشَيْءٍ إِنِّي فَاعِلٌ ذَلِكَ غَدَى إِلَّا Allah. That do not say that I'm going to do this tomorrow, except that Allah wills. So you say inshaAllah, why? For the blessing of course, meaning you have intended to do something and you're going to do it, but you say inshaAllah, why? For the blessing, but also because this is a fact, that even when you have intended to do something and you're on your way to do it, you will only be able to execute it when Allah's will is there. حدثنا الحميدي حدثنا الوليد حدثنا الأوزاعي قال حدثني الزهري عن أبي سلمة عن أبي هريرة رضي الله عنه قال قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أبو هريرة reported that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said من الغد يوم النحر وهو بمنن he said this on the morning of the day of sacrifice when he was at Mina that نحن نازلون غدا بخيف بني كنانة حيث تقاسموا على الكفر that tomorrow we will stop at Khayf Bani Kinana, where they took the oath of disbelief. Yani ذلك المحصب Meaning by that, Al-Muhassab. Meaning that's the name of the area. وَذَلِكَ أَنَّ قُرَيْشًا وَكِنَانَةَ تَحَالَفَتْ عَلَى بَنِي هَاشِمٍ وَبَنِي عَبْدِ الْمُطَّلِبِ And meaning that this is the place where Quraysh and Kinana had formed a mutual alliance against the Banu Hashim and Banu Muttalib. أو بني مُطَّلِبِ أَلَّا يُنَاكِحُهُمْ And what was the boycott that they were not going to have any nikah with them, so no marriage. وَلَا يُبَايِعُهُمْ And that they would not conduct any business with them. حَتَّى يُسْلِمُوا إِلَيْهِمُ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ Until they would surrender to them the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. If they would willingly hand over the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم to them, and then they would resume normal relations. وقال سلامة عن عقيل ويحيى بن الضحاك عن الأوزاعي أخبرني ابن شهاب وقال بني هاشم وبن المطلب قال أبو عبد الله بن المطلب أشبه. So over here we learn about where the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم stayed in مكة, which is the area of خيف بني كنانة or محصب. باب قول الله تعالى The statement of Allah the Exalted Now over here Imam Bukhari brings more verses from the Qur'an To remind us of the significance and also the history of the Kaaba وَإِذْ قَالَ Ibrahim And recall when Ibrahim alayhi salam said Ibrahim alayhi salam who is Khalilullah As well as the Imam of 
Al-Hunafa, what was his dua? He said, Rabbi ja'al hadha al-balada aminan. O oh my Lord, make this city amin. Amin is a place that is safe and secure. So after he built the Kaaba, he made this dua that, O oh Allah, make the Kaaba or make the city a place where people are safe. And really, in Mecca, there is a different kind of safety that you feel. That you can actually go to the Kaaba in the middle of the night and do tawaf. Right? You can go around easily. So, رَبِّ جَعَلْ هَذَا الْبَلَدَ آمِنًا وَجْنُبْنِي وَبَنِيَّ أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ And he said, وَجْنُبْنِي And save me, keep me away, وَبَنِيَّ And also my sons, أَنْ نَعْبُدَ الْأَصْنَامِ That we worship idols. Meaning, keep me and my children away from the worship of idols. Remember that أَصْنَام is anything that is worshipped, a sanam is anything that is worshipped besides Allah. Whether it is something made of wood or metal or stone or uh, even if it's, you know, like the sun or the moon, anything that is worshipped other than Allah is all part of asnam. So he said, keep me and my children, save us from the worship of idols. And he said, Rabbi innahunna adlalna kathiram minan nas. He said, my Lord, indeed they have misled many among mankind. Meaning, the idols have been a source of misguidance for many, many people. And you can really sense the fear of Ibrahim salam over here that, you know, save us from this. And so often when we, you know, see or when we witness any form of idolatry, we don't have that fear. You know, when we hear of a certain crime, like for example, murder, like we shiver. It's so repulsive, it's so disgusting. But when we read about when we witness shirk, then we don't get affected. But look at Ibrahim a.s. He's making dua and he's saying, Rabbi innahunna adlalna kathiran minan nas. And remember that shirk is of different kinds. It's not just idolatry. That's major shirk, but there's also minor shirk, which is showing off, right? Riya, or being really impressed with oneself, ujb, or sum'a, wanting to be heard by people, that people talk about me. So this is also a form of shirk, a lesser form, but it is a form of shirk. So we should really make dua that Allah protect me from shirk, that I commit shirk knowingly or unknowingly. And then he said, فَمَن تَبِعَنِي فَإِنَّهُ مِنِّي Whoever follows me, meaning does what I am doing, then he is of me, meaning of my ummah, of my people. وَمَنْ عَصَانِي فَإِنَّكَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ And whoever disobeys me, and does not follow my path, then indeed, Allah, you are forgiving and merciful. Why does he say that? It's as if he's making dua. That Allah, you are forgiving and merciful, so forgive those people and show mercy to them. And then he said, رَبَّنَا إِنِّي أَسْكَنْتُ مِنْ ذُرِّيَّتِي That our Lord, I have أَسْكَنْتُ I have inhabited some of my children. Meaning I have made them Live over here. Some of my children, not all, because only Ismail salam was in Mecca. And he said that I have made my, some of my children live biwadin in a valley that is ghayridi zara'in, that does not grow anything. And this is the valley of Mecca. Mecca is basically a valley within, between mountains. And he described it as ghayridi 
the zarr. The zarr is basically a land that has crop or a land that, you know, produces. So, غير the zarr, it doesn't grow anything at all. And if nothing grows in a land, how can people live there? But he said that I have made them live over here in the بيتك المحرم Near your sacred house. He describes the house over here as Muharram, which further uh, reminds us of the fact that the Kaaba is in a place that is Haram. And why did he make them live over there? What is so attractive about that place? It really, if you think about it, any, any part of the world when you, you know, when you visit, there's, you know, a mountain with some kind of trees or maybe some greenery, some kind of a waterfall, river, something. Right? And because of that, you also have different types of uh, plants and different types of animals. But when you go to Mecca, what do you see? When you drive between Mecca and Medina, what do you see? Desert. And that desert is not even like, you know, the, those beautiful sandy hills that you see in pictures. It's rock, like black, dark brown. And you can get so bored of that landscape. Like you look outside and yes, you look outside, but then how long do you look outside? Because the scene, the landscape is basically the same. The same kind of rocky, boring mountains over and over again, right? So there's really nothing that pleases the eye. Nothing that could distract your heart. So the only thing beautiful or special about that place is what? It is the Kaaba. So it's almost as if we're, you know, we are being reminded that Really, your heart cannot find joy in anything there. You can only find joy in worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala over there. So he mentions this, that in the بَيْتِكَ muharram, That the only thing beautiful over here is your house. That's it. Because nothing grows here. Why did he leave Ismail over there? رَبَّنَا لِيُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ O our Lord, so that they establish prayer. They worship you. فَجْعَلْ أَفْئِدَةً مِّنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ So make the hearts of some people inclined towards them. Some people notice, he doesn't say all people, because if he had said all people, then all people would have to do hajj, no exceptions whatsoever. So some people. And notice he says, inclined towards them. Because really, the hearts of so many people incline towards Makkah. Right, that you are miles and miles away, but you are constantly thinking about Makkah. You want to go there. You just went and you want to go back again. There's a different kind of attachment over here. So فَجْعَ الْأَفْئِدَةَ مِنَ النَّاسِ تَهْوِي إِلَيْهِمْ. So Ibrahim ﷺ made this du'a, and the question is, was this du'a accepted? Hmm? Yes, because is Makkah a place that is secure? Yes, it is. So much so that even the mushrikeen would respect the Sanctity of the Kaaba, of the Haram. That even if a person found their father's murderer near the Kaaba, they wouldn't take revenge. Why? Out of respect for the Haram. So definitely the dua of Ibrahim was accepted. But what about the part where he said that, save me and my children from idolatry? He was saved, his immediate children were saved, but then eventually what happened? Yeah, we see that eventually... The people in Mecca, in fact, they started worshipping idols. So yes, his dua was accepted because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the duas of his servants. But remember that 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decides what to give to the servant. So, yes, Ibrahim alayhi salam and his children were saved from idolatry, but down, you know, the generations, there were people who, who fell to idolatry. So, it's up to Allah to give to the servant what he wants. Yes, go ahead. Very important point that a lot of times when we're moving, relocating, we generally look at the landscape, the weather, the area, the schooling, so on and so forth. But here, Ibrahim salam's only attraction was what? Your house is here. The house of Allah is here. So this is something that we should also consider whenever moving. Subhanakallahum wa bihamdik ashadu wa la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.